0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at emmanuelag.com. Last week, talking about we have something to give the world. We have it all the time, but it's become more valuable during the season that we are in globally walking through right now. And what is so rare, maybe even a commodity right now, is the hope with which we can weather the storms. I'm not saying this makes the storm any shorter or any less intense. The hope that we have, it simply gives us confidence on eternal outcomes. Let's know what Paul says as he writes to the church in Rome. He says in Romans, Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, and I'm going to be reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation. He says, We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Not always what we choose to to want to develop, but he continues on in verse four. He says, "And endurance is developing something else within us, strength of character. And character is strengthening our confident hope of salvation. And in verse five, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. What you and I are going through right now, whether you want to call it a staycation or uncertainty, we can choose to rejoice through it all because we know that what we are enduring now is producing and developing something within us that is far greater. That's easier said than done. I'm going to admit it first. And these are Not only are we thinking about better circumstances that maybe we would be going through, but it's regardless of circumstances that we can become better people, that problems and trials have the same potential for all of us, but not all of us will choose to rejoice in knowing that God's got it, that he's got us. And if we don't endure with faith and hope, despite our circumstances, then we will become a byproduct of our circumstances and a casualty to the tides of life. Instead of overcoming, we will be overcome. Instead of rising in faith, we will writhe in fear. Instead of being a people of hope, we will abandon what we once believed because we can't see the unseen with our spiritual eyes. We can't see the God we serve. And we have to have our thoughts, our focus, our attention on him right now. Filling our hearts and minds with those things that Philippians 4.8 tells us to dwell our thoughts on. This is how we are going to not only get through this, but come out on the other side with some spiritual plunder. This is how we are going to come out on the other side as overcomers. Because God is victorious. So let's talk about this hope that we have. I believe that hope is contagious. There's no doubt the most talked about subject right now is, yep, you've got it, coronavirus or COVID-19. We have learned things about social distancing and words are now a part of our vocabulary that usually never are. We have words such as pandemic, social distancing, panic buying, slowing the curve, things that just a few weeks ago we were never thinking about and would never have thought to talk about them. But now the news is filled with it, social media feeds, conversations just about anywhere are talking about the six feet of distance. We need to stop the spread of COVID-19. That's what we're hearing. And we are doing our part to be responsible, to heed the advice and the warnings of our leaders, but also to be wise in how we can serve our community. And as we all know, COVID-19, it is highly contagious. But there's also a ministry leader that I follow who was at a leadership conference in Germany. And at the beginning of March, he was over there for this conference. And all the speakers gathered for a dinner together. There were 14 in total. Only later to find out that one of the speakers would test positive for the coronavirus. There was one carrier. And eight out of the 14 leaders ended up later testing positive. It's highly contagious, I'm not gonna uh, deny that. But I think perhaps the only thing more contagious than the virus itself right now is fear. Yeah, stock markets have been dropping. Schools have been closing. Some businesses even shut their doors. It's sad because of this contagious virus. And they've even encouraged, even mandated social distancing to work from home if possible to limit meeting groups of more than 10 people. So there's empty church buildings we see that used to once be full today on Sunday. They've called us to limit our travel. Some have even responded in panic and now we have a short supply of toilet paper. And we acknowledge that there are some of those most vulnerable populations that we need to care for, the elderly, those with weaker immune systems, those with rest, respiratory issues, and as well as our healthcare workers that we're praying for daily. In addition to all this, all of these stressors, tons are unable to go to work and facing financial challenges that they never have before. Fear is contagious. And it doesn't take much fear to spread uncontrollably. We're seeing that right now. But let me read to you a Facebook post that I really like that I saw this last week. If a tiny virus can do this much damage, imagine what mustard seed size faith can do. If a tiny virus can do this much damage, imagine what mustard seed size faith can do. Are you tracking with me so far? You are a carrier. We are all Carrying something. We're all spreading something. And when people get near us, they will catch what we have. My question is what will they catch? Will they catch faith? Will they catch hope? Will they catch that while not being blind to the difficulties that we're all facing right now, that we seem to have something that has grounded our faith in something so much greater than our circumstances? And that they begin to watch may begin to desire and want what we have as well. What are you spreading? You are a carrier, and my hope and prayer is that we, as the people of God, are infecting people with a perspective that is going to help them lead into God like never before. To lean into Him and to trust Him more fully, to love Him more dearly, to know the Good Shepherd, who is with us in these valleys. So let's spread that kind of faith-filled perspective right now. That's what the world needs more of, and that's what we have to be contagious with. So let's listen. Listen as I read what Paul, writing to the believers in Thessalonica, says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. Again, from the NLT. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. And as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think about your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does Paul say that he recounts as he thinks about these believers? And this is what I recount as I think about each of you. He thinks of their faithful work their loving deeds, and their enduring hope. Those three things, their faithful work, their loving deeds, and their enduring hope. And how were they able to live with such faith, love, and hope? Well, all of this, it goes on to say, is because you have this because of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the stuff that God gives us. These are the goods he delivers to our souls. You can call on him and watch for the door dash to your soul. This is what he is showing up with, and it doesn't require any spiritual distancing. In fact, the only way you will be able to retain all of this during this time is through spiritual intimacy, spending time with him, letting him bring rest to our souls. And I love how Paul goes on in verse 4 here in First Thessalonians chapter 1. He says, For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were before you. That's what he's saying to them. And that's what I'm saying to us. What was brought into our lives to be the catalyst to this life-giving, life-altering exposure to faith, hope, and love It was the good news. And Paul says, we brought you the good news. And it wasn't in word only. We displayed it for you. And we displayed it with power through the Holy Spirit. That is what the world is looking for now. And that is what we have to offer. Imagine when there was a, what what if there was a treatment for COVID-19? Imagine when they discover the cure. And a way to prevent it. Think of how fast that good news will spread. It will be remarkable. It will be on every headline in everybody's feeds on social media. It will be everywhere. Jesus left us an example to follow. He came to bring the good news to all of us. And it wasn't while we had it all figured out or didn't need Him. The good news is that He came for us while we were still His enemies. And He doesn't just bring us. Physical healing, but also spiritual healing. I love what the Lord has done for us. Jesus didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. Jesus didn't come for the righteous, but the sinner. He has come when we were the furthest away from him. He hasn't come today just to meet with the religious on Facebook Live or on YouTube or wherever you may be watching from. God didn't just shout his love for us from heaven. Instead, He displayed it to us here on earth by wrapping his son up in flesh and sending him on our behalf to rescue us. That's what he's done for me. That's what he's done for you. And what God has done for us, for grace, he has given us the peace and protection he has showered on us with all of us. It's so worth sharing. And so that's some good news. That's something worth spreading. That's something worth making contagious to others. And you're a carrier. You're carrying something. Is what you are carrying, though, is it worth spreading? That's what I want us to think about. What are we spreading in our words, in our actions, even for those in our home, for those that are watching what we post, or in how we're picking up the phone or not picking up the phone? What are we spreading? Paul continues to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For, where, for wherever we go, we find that people are telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it. Literally, God's word was ringing out, it says. It was echoing. Paul didn't have to tell the church in Thessalonians that they needed to be sharing the good news of what Jesus had done for them. They were already doing it. It was their natural response. They couldn't help But let it ring out. They couldn't help but let it echo. Throughout their words and their deeds, from the beginning, they were a missionary church. And that is what God has called us to be. Now, more than ever, God is reminding us that right now, what He has done for us, He is reminding us of who He is in our lives and who He will continue to be for us. And against the backdrop of some very challenging times for folks around us, we have something it's worth sharing. Would you share it? Would you share that hope this week with someone that you're close to? Text them, let them know you're praying for them. Maybe someone at work that you know is really struggling with all of this. Let's right? spread hope. And throughout scripture, we see how contagious this good news really was. When Jesus raised the little girl from the dead, I love what Matthew chapter 9 verse 26 says. It says, news of this spread through all the region. The good news couldn't help but go on and on and on, being spread like a contagious virus, if you would. And when Jesus cast out evil spirits, the good news continued to spread. I love what Mark chapter 1 verse 28 says. It says news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. This is what our Lord did. This is what our Lord is doing and will continue to do. The good news about where he is at work will continue to spread. And when God uses his disciples to do miracles, listen to how the good news spread through them. In Acts chapter 6, verse 7, listen to this. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Isn't that what God is wanting to do in this hour? Is that as we are sharing the good news, the word of God, it will spread and more people will come to be a part of this family of faith and find belonging in his family. That's what they're looking for. They want this hope and we have it to offer. How did this good news, this message of hope and the word of God spread? It spread through three ways. And Paul has already enumerated those in Thessalonians. Through faithful work, loving deeds, and enduring hope. Faithful work, loving deeds, and enduring hope. We see too often how contagious fear is, but so is faith. I don't know about you, but I'm a carrier. And when tested, the test should come back positive. And maybe you're being tested now. Positive that despite circumstances or situations, we are going to be a faith spreader, a love giver, a hope dealer. And if others get close to us, they are going to catch what we are carrying. And there's nothing for us to boast about within ourselves. Like Paul says, we are able to have this faith, love, and hope because of Christ and what he has done for us. This is a unique opportunity that we have in which we can shine brightly in a dark world. While the world may be getting darker, the light of the Lord is going to grow ever brighter, and it will grow ever brighter through you and through me, through his people. Jesus didn't say, hey, go go into your homes and hide the rest of your life. No, instead, Jesus told us to go into all the world and shine. And maybe right now we have to get creative with how we shine our light. Maybe it's going to be through social media. Maybe it's going to be through a prayer chain. And if we can't gather physically, we will gather digitally. We have good news worth spreading. Every one of us can be digital evangelists right now. We can pick up the phone and call people. We can reach out with a text. We can talk to our neighbor six feet away, and share the hope that we have received from Jesus. Jesus said, you will know that they're my disciples by what? Was it by hoarding bottles of water and toilet paper? Of course not. Was it by uh, responding first with self-preservation in mind? Of course not. Jesus said, you will know that they are my disciples by what? By the way that we love one another. Now we have an opportunity to display the love that he has shown to us. Not that we love God first, but that he loved us and sent his own son, First John would tell us. And I love what John 13, 35 says. It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, what are you spreading? How are you showing it? How are you sharing it? You are a faith spreader. You are a love giver. You are a hope dealer, we have something worth giving. We have something worth spreading. We've got hope that no virus can kill. We've got love that the world is looking for now. And it's the greatest force on this earth, the love of God. I don't just hope that things go back to normal. I have more hope than just that. Because normal, normal was a little comfortable for some of us. Normal was a little self-centered and selfish, It was spiritually safe. It was even spiritually lukewarm for many of us. I'm believing that this can be used as a wake up call for me and for you, for the church to wake up and say, now's the time to spread hope. Now's the time to be contagious with our Christianity. It is time for the church to unite, for us to stand together, to stand strong, to stand boldly. It is time for God's people to be the true light in this dark world. They need it. We all need it. And what the world needs now is love, sweet love. They need the love of God. And my hope is is not in the government while I'll support our leaders and I'll pray for them to have the wisdom from above. My hope is not in doctors or nurses, which we are covering them in prayer right now as they are on the front lines. And my hope is not even in spiritual leaders around the world. My hope and I hope your hope is in the one who spoke the entire world into being. My hope is in God. My hope is in the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God of the universe. That's where my hope lies. In the one who is my rock, who is my constant and always steady, the unchanging one. My hope is in the one who heals deaf ears, opens blind eyes, raises the dead. My hope is in the one who has never changed, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And why am I a faith spreader? Why will I be a love giver? Why will I choose to be a hope dealer right now? Because of Jesus. And who is my Jesus? Let me tell you who we have come to love and to know. He is the one who met me in my darkest hour. He is the way, the truth, the life. He has brought me life. And I'm experiencing a life now I never thought was possible. We have peace through Jesus, even in the greatest storm. We have hope not only for today and tomorrow, but for all eternity. And my Jesus brings freedom. He breaks the chains of bondage. He restores the broken. He strengthens the weak. That's my Jesus. My Jesus is the provider. He is not just a bailout but he comforts me. He is my source, my strength, my deliverer. That's my Jesus. He is my rock. He sustains me even though difficulty may knock on my door. He is still my way. This hope I have because of Jesus gives me confidence, assurance, because he is my firm foundation. I take refuge underneath the shelter of the Almighty. He is the Prince of Peace, the Lamb of God, He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. He is the resurrection and the life, his goodness and his mercy. They follow me everywhere I go. They are indescribable. His power that is at work within me, it is incomprehensible. His grace that has rescued me, it is irresistible. My Jesus tells me that at his name, darkness trembles. In his presence, demons flee. Death could not keep its grip on him. The grace couldn't keep him. The grave could not keep him down. This is my Jesus, and he loves me, and he loves you. So while fear may be contagious, but so is my faith. While hate may be contagious, so is my love. While worry right now may be contagious, so is my hope. And my hope is in the Lord. He loves me and I love him. And I have put my faith in him. And just like Thessalonians, Paul was writing to us as well, saying, what will we be known for? Hopefully our faithful works, our loving deeds, and our enduring hope. What will you be known for? What will we be known for in this hour, in this time, in this blip on the radar of history? Will we be faith spreaders? Will you be a love giver? Will you be a hope dealer? I hope you will. That's my prayer for each one of us, that we will continue to encourage ourselves in the Lord, but not hoard it, not keep it to ourselves. But as carriers of this good news, we will spread the hope that Jesus has brought into our lives. Is what you're carrying worth catching? As the world grows darker, watch Is God's light Shines brighter. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for those that are watching right now. You know what they're walking through, you know what they're going through. And God, you can meet them in a powerful way. I believe, Lord, that you are beginning to just encourage some of those that were beginning to get a little discouraged, becoming depressed with what they've heard and what is going on around us. And God, I believe right now that your spirit is invading rooms. It is invading cars. It is invading living rooms and dining rooms. It is invading bedrooms. God, your spirit, your presence is going before me. And you are already beginning to encourage the hearts of your people. And Lord, would you continue to do that? Would you you help us in our unbelief? that we could put our faith in you and you alone and trust you that you've got this, that you've got us. And God, we sure do love you. We thank you that you loved us first. Help us to spread this, this hope that you have given us. We sure do love you, Jesus. Amen and amen. As we rejoice in the hope, in the freedom and peace that we have, we must acknowledge that it was all made possible by what Jesus did for us. And I want to give you a minute to go get a cracker and some juice, literally anything that you have where you're at right now, to participate with us in remembering what Christ has done and what he is doing and what he will continue to do for each one of us. So go ahead, get up if you don't have anything already to partake of the Lord's Supper with us. You know, one of the most precious things we can do during times of need is to remind ourselves of what God has already done for us in our past, to recount his faithfulness. Go back and listen to The Voice, the series that we have online at emmanuelag.com. Talks about how we can listen to the Lord and recount his faithfulness in times like now. Listen to these verses for our current context, Romans 8, and I'm gonna read 31 and 35. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? interceding and praying for us. He goes on in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we know that our Lord is good. And so today, as we participate in the Eucharist in the time of remembering and reflecting with thankfulness, I want us to take this moment and recognize and discern the body of Christ around the world right now. We are a part of his body. We are a part of extending the hope that he has brought into our world, into our lives. And as we remember and reflect on what he has done for us, knowing that we have hope that the world needs now, let me lead us now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to read verses 23 and 24 first. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take what you have to represent the Lord's body, which is for you and for me. Isaiah speaks of the Messiah when he writes this and Isaiah 53, verses 3 and 4. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and is one from whom mid hid their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Let's remember what he took upon us himself for our good let's eat together and that same night continuing in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 25 through 26 in the same way also he took the cup and after supper he said this this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you do it In remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take what you have to represent the Lord's blood, proclaiming his death until he comes. And Isaiah continues speaking of the Messiah as he writes this in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Amen. Let's remember the ultimate price he paid for providing us peace. Let's drink of the cup. Would you join me now in worshiping to this next song, one of my favorites, Oh, Come to the Altar by Elevation Worship. And as we worship, let's reflect on the goodness of God in our lives. Let's reflect on what He has done for us. Would you worship with me now?
1: How I'm